Hey, the immortal words of Judy Brown, happiness is a choice. We're happy you're spending some time with us. It's Chip and Zay on college football playoff selection recap Monday and transfer portal Monday. But uh, Zay, what's up? What's going on? What's up, man? Feeling good this Monday. It's a beautiful day. You know what I'm saying? We, beautiful day. We've been waiting for this moment for a very long time. It was very nerve-wracking this weekend, though. Not going to lie. You know, uh, the committee, hey, they might have got some balls, as you said, but they ain't got no heart. That's one thing you can say. This, this committee, they ain't got no heart. And, yo, Texas benefit from it. Alabama, you could say they benefited from it, obviously, too. But, yo, Florida State, Norvell, hey. Travis, I feel bad for them dudes, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I do, too. But My God, Jeremiah uh, Byers, Anderson alum from Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas, he's one of their own linemen. That's my guy. He came to my dad's camp back in the day. I remember coaching that dude when he was basically in diapers. And guess what? Man. He getting an ACC championship ring. He's okay. <laughs> He's all right. Hey, you, no, no one no. listening to the sound of our voices, watched that Louisville Florida State game and thought, oh, this is one of the four best teams in college football. And I, I mean, backup quarterbacks, that Florida game was awful. I mean, Billy Napier needs to be like, he needs to go to timeout. You get up 12 nothing. you get a safety, and you just fold from there. Anyway, Texas is in. Texas is in for the first time. And Steve Sarkeesian, some people questioned when Texas hired Steve Sarkeesian. People are like, huh? Wait, that's the guy who got fired at USC? Showing up at a pep rally like he was on Quaaludes? And this Texas program has had the reputation of doing less with more for the last 15 years. Brees Hall said five-star culture beat five-star talent. Well, now Steve Sarkeesian, these Texas Longhorns are changing perceptions together. It's been this really cool marriage to watch because Zay, are you kidding me? Steve Sarkeesian gathered the team on Thursday and said, when we win and we take the victory formation, Jonathan Brooks will be on the field. And you see Jonathan Brooks come out on the field for the last play. You're like, wow. Like yeah. this is, this is a totally different Steve Sarkeesian than the guy who was seven win Sark at Washington, who, told me, yeah, all I cared about was results then. I didn't care enough about people. And he learned going to Atlanta, then to Alabama, COVID, social unrest, social injustice, that he needed to connect with his players more. And he's done that here at Texas. And it is, it is showing up on the field. Yeah, definitely. And deserves all the flowers that he's getting right now because 
he's earned it. You know, as you mentioned, just his time at Washington, his time at Southern Cal, who knew that this guy would get an opportunity to be a head coach again. And it makes sense why he always says his mentor's name, Pete Carroll and Nick Saban, because those guys, in a way, help him get this opportunity now. I mean, obviously, Nick Saban giving him a job after all of that head coaching stuff at UW and Southern Cal went wrong. But start to know that hey, I got to understand that people don't get these opportunities very often. And if I get the next opportunity that comes my way, I better take advantage of it. And he has, again, one of the best quotes that he had last week. I talked about it with Trey while you were out there with Bucky and BK up in Dallas. But when he mentioned how when he talked to Pete Carroll when he first got the job about Pete Carroll put him on game and said, yeah, I mean, you could do the same old shit that they're used to what they did with Tom Herman and get the same results, maybe a little better, or you could flip that thing and put in your philosophy and what you think is right. And it might take a little bit, but the results are going to pay off in the long run. And here in year three, you've got a team that just won the big 12 convincingly. Like you talk about styles points. If that game was a single digit game, who knows if Texas would be it right now. But they beat the dog shit out of Oklahoma State. They had Ollie Gordon throwing his helmet and all this type of hooping and hollering and bitching and stuff. They had that's their leader. That's the dude that leads the nation in rushing. You had that dude in shambles scoring five straight times like this team where they've came from these last three weeks from Iowa State going up to Ames, where we know how just prep tonight that could be, winning by 10, coming back next Friday and beating Texas Tech by 50, a team that's considered your, I do air quotes right now, if you can't see me on the app, your rival, and then beating the dog crap out of Oklahoma State where their team, you saw Ollie going before the game, F Texas, fuck Texas, blah, blah. Like those dudes were confident. Mike Gundy said after the game, yeah, what they showed on film ain't what I saw on the field today at AT&T Stadium. You think, Mike, when you were talking all crazy last week, being all passive aggressive and thinking Trevondre Sweat and Byron Murphy aren't those dudes, what were you looking at? Because I've watched every single snap of this team this year. I wouldn't have said a dadgum thing going into the press conference. All I'd be doing is praising Texas, kissing their feet type shit. But no, Mike Gundy, he had to put that mindset into his ball club like, oh, they think they're better than us, three-star mentality, they didn't recruit you, yada, 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 George Costanza, okay, and look what happened. So, yes, this team deserves to be in. I have full confidence with them going against UW, I did just show you what Terrence Brooks, how he was looking after, you know, you saw that they got in. So that scares me a little bit because that's not the good, that's not a good matchup. No, it's just not. I love Terrence Brooks. The secondary's come a long way. I love Malik Muhammad, Jade Barron. I love all those guys. But we know the weak spot for Texas is the secondary. And what Washington does is throw that ball as good as anybody in the country, which is why Michael Penix is going to New York. So I, Steve Sarkeesian, what he's done with this ball club with the flaws that they had, Jonathan Brooks being hurt, Quinn Ewers missing two games, Xavier Worthy now being hurt. Hopefully he can get back by January 1st. To win the Big 12 the way that they did and just how convincingly they did it, man, this is <laughs> – Well, let's, let's start there. Let's start there because 
the first quarter, the first half, we had a reverse flea flicker for a touchdown. We had Tavandre Sweat catching a touchdown pass and doing the Heisman pose with just less than 11 minutes left in the second quarter. Like my wife texted me and said, oh, hell. Like that stuff's normally fourth quarter stuff. They're they're starting the party in the second quarter. And how about Sark again telling Tavandre Sweat, first time we get into goal line, this is what we're running. And he's, you know, bobbling the ball in practice and starts like, <laughs> you better not be bobbling the ball because it's going to be a touchdown. And oh, sure man. enough, Big T Sweat gets him a touchdown. Barely into the second quarter, Texas up 28-7. I mean, bombs away. A.D. Mitchell for 60-plus. Xavier Worthy for 54. Hell, Keaton Crawford came up with an interception on defense. Not just a play on special teams. By God, I haven't looked, but he might he might have had the highest PFF grade of all the defensive backs in that game. How crazy would that be? Because ay ay ay. Yeah. I mean, look, you gotta have something to work on, but that was that was big time. And Quinn Ewers, I mean, the guy. In the two biggest games of the year against Alabama and against Oklahoma State for the Big 12 championship, the guy was a beast. The The interception was horrible with a Ooh. capital H. Wow. But he was money, the rest of it. He gets locked on to Xavier Worthy, man. Yeah, Keaton Crawford was the highest graded defender in the Big 12 title game. That's amazing because he has been the lowest rated defender in several games this year. He was the highest rated defender according to Pro Football Focus. So, hey. And Jaden Blue? Jaden Blue's showing me something. Oh, he's here. Jaden Blue wants to play. Yeah, he's here. One of those cuts that he made on one of the first down runs to where there was a cornerback and they were trying to force to the outside and he jabbed to the right and cut in for about five more extra yards. That dude's here. Like the running back room to short choice, man. Wow. Can he coach safeties? Yo, okay. I'm... <laughs> Why I are mean... we hitting on the safeties? The safeties were solid. Did you see Jaron Thompson laying the wood? On Saturday, he had two big-time hits, huge hits, where I thought he wasn't going to get up. Like, you know, there's, the safeties were good. Jade Barron, low-key, had one of his worst games. He got mossed one time by uh, Owens, and then he got a touchdown snagged on him. He had a pass interference call, but thankfully enough, he's been handling his own all season long and other guys came up big like Keaton Crawford, like Anthony Hill forcing fumbles and Ethan Burke recovering them. Like this team just junkyard dogs right now, the mentality that they have. And they knew, they knew they would have to put up style points against OSU. They knew it. 
And they did that. And it came naturally going back to Sark and the play calling, like just being in his bag. The worst thing that Sark did was not snap the ball when Gundy was bringing his players in. But before worst. the halftime, that was the worst thing Sark worst. did. That was a bad move. And he admitted that was it. was asleep at the wheel. Yeah, because well, we're getting, we're, we got a little too comfortable with Burt Auburn because it was one of those, ah, Burt, good. He, Burt's 19 in a row. We ain't got to worry about sober carrot top. This is money. And Burt, sure enough, just the football jinx, football guys, they always going to make you pay on just dumb decision-making. He shanked that thing, which I'm not going to hate on Burt. 19 in a row, you're going to miss one eventually. But Sark, that was a bad move. But other than that, you talked about T-Sweat, the flea flicker, Quinn Ewers just going through his progressions. One of my favorite plays from Quinn Ewers was in the second half. And he looked to his right. He was pumping a little bit, Peyton Manny style. Then he looked back middle, and A.D. Mitchell was cutting the cross, and he hit him on the money right before it went 49 to uh, uh, 21, where Keaton Crawford, uh, excuse me, uh, Keelan Robinson scored his second touchdown. Like Quinn Ewers, just after that interception, how bad it was, able to drive the team down the field. And there were some long drives. It didn't take much time, but there were a lot of plus 80 yards, plus 90-yard drives that the Horns just went down and finished, getting in the red zone, five for five there. And that's what I meant. They scored four straight times, but they went five for five in the red zone. Like going forward on fourth down, Chip, you talked about all last week, Oklahoma State's fourth down defense. Start giving the fake tush push in the round to JT Sanders. JT Sanders rolling out for a quick out. Quinn Ewers hitting him on the money. Like, what didn't work? How can you not put this team in? The committee, they were watching it. They were right up the street in Grapevine watching it. They are, I was impressed. So, yeah, they should be impressed because I've seen this team's up and ups and downs. And, again, the coaching staff, the development, like the running back room, Keelan Robinson, you just come on, man. That's your fourth running back on the roster. Four come touchdowns on. in two games for Keelan Robinson. Were they just saving it? Because I've been calling for it since like week three. I'm yeah. seven. You remember, I've, I've been calling it since late September. Like, hey, we're having red zone problems early. Keelan Robinson, I know he's a smaller back, but Sark. He's too versatile. He's too athletic for him not to be a factor. I get it. Special teams. He has a lot of responsibility. Jeff Banks has made that very known, and we see it, especially since you saw him score that touchdown, and then he comes back on the kick return and makes a hit. Like, the, we understand the special teams value is very high, but the ball in his hands value is very high, too. Let's get the ball in his hands and see what he can do with it. And now that Jonathan Brooks isn't available – Sark and this coaching staff, they figured out ways to get seven more and more involved. And and it was two outside wow. zone runs, one out of two back, the other out of one back. And he scores from 57 and 10. Yo, the move that he put on homeboy in the secondary, just a little, just a little shimmy to the right before he started tightrope in the sideline. That's a mean move, man. That's a Sunday move. I know the scouts are going to look at his, you know, stats and stuff, and they're like, man, why? His stats don't really tell it all. Yo, he's going to come in somebody's training camp, and he's going to turn some heads, man, because that speed's different. I'm yeah. telling you, 
That Keelan Robinson, his speed is different. I don't know. You see Kevante Turpin out here getting busy for the Cowboys. If he could find a roster like that and somebody could take a chance on him, oh, shit. Yeah, as a return guy for sure. I mean, there's some small return guys out there. Yeah, what my man, the rookie Gibson for uh, the Jets that had the return for the game winner earlier in the season. Like, come on now. You're telling me Keelan Robinson can't do what he do? Child, please. I mean, two 100-yard receivers, JT Sanders, A.D. Mitchell. I mean, that deep ball that A.D. Mitchell caught where he was, like, almost starting his move before he caught the ball to cut back toward the field, that dude is something, man. He's going to be a big-time player in the NFL next year. Um, And I was hoping that we'd get the – Texas, Georgia, Adnan Mitchell Bowl, but A.D. Mitchell's one of those dudes. And, you know, he told his dad, this this team can win it all. And now here he is with Texas and Georgia is, is watching. So A.D. Mitchell, man, all he does is catch touchdowns, especially in college football playoff games. He's caught yeah. one in – Every college football playoff game he's played in, and he's got two national championship rings. Xavier Worthy, Sark says, is going to be is going to be okay, um, and he thinks Ryan Watts will be good for the Washington game. Austin Jordan, he's not so sure, but um, yeah, I mean that was that was fun to watch. That was an entertaining game. It was fun to watch. And Anthony Hill just knocking people senseless, forcing a fumble. Woo! He is going to be so good by the time he leaves Texas. I mean, he's already so good. But we finally got to talk to him after the game. That dude is like, oh, yeah, we're just getting started. I'm like, yeah. Talk more. (laughs) be loud stay late i mean that dude you need more anthony hill in your uh in your team you know oh 100 like the freshmen on this team are just straight up fearless man like cj baxter he's you could see why sark had him starting at the beginning of the year that's still hard to see with how good jonathan brooks was this season but cj baxter just that touchdown that he had, Kelvin Banks, what a block by him. But C.J. Baxter was breaking tackles with that touchdown. And, again, you just see this running back room. It's ridiculous how deep it is. Like, we were very worried about Jonathan Brooks going out. What are we going to see? And now we have full confidence that this running back room can get you a national championship. Just with Keevan Robinson, Jalen Blue, and what C.J. Baxter bring to the table and the confidence that Sark has in all of those guys. I mean, Adonai Mitchell, you talked about just all he does is catch his touchdowns. Like, that dude coming from Georgia – into a new system and it seems like he knows the system more than anybody on the squad and he's only been here one year like he's rarely in the wrong spot and him and Quinn they have a terrific chemistry 
And yeah, sometimes you mentioned for that interception that Quinn threw, it's, you wonder why he gets attached to Xavier Worthy. And it's not like Quinn hasn't gotten better. Like I just mentioned that pass to Adam I Mitchell late in the uh, second half where he went through his progressions and hit AD across the middle. So Quinn's definitely getting better of, you know, okay, read number one's not there, read number two's not there, three is, bam, let me hit three on the flat or check down. But yeah, AD Mitchell, I don't know who you cover. Like, with this 3-3-5 defense that Oklahoma State threw at you, they were perfect with the screen passes. And I told you last week, yo, even though the deep shot will be there at times, get the ball in your playmaker's hands for short gains and let those guys have yards after catch situations. I don't know how many times Jordan Winnington got hit on a crosser or one of those quick outs when he was in the slot and he was wide open like – and Quinn hit him on the money. JT Sanders, those screen passes for him on the money. They get you about 20 to 30-something yards. Like Xavier Wordy having big games. They gutted those guys up organically where it didn't seem forced. Sark was just completely in his bag. The scouting report was immaculate. And it just – now you got a month to scout this Washington team, which obviously they do for you too, but who knows what Sark's going to be able to dial up against this squad, which I haven't looked at the defense as hard as I looked at this offense for the Huskies, which will definitely be cracking down. We got a damn month here, but man, I wouldn't want to touch Texas right now. Anybody. I know everybody's confident going into this game. Texas is playing as good, if not better, than everyone in the country. Like, you can't tell me that Iowa game. Michigan ain't. Come on. Iowa, come on, man. Y'all ain't telling me nothing from that. Here's the crazy thing. Think about the sequence of events that needed to happen for Texas to get here. It started with scheduling, playing, winning the Alabama game in Tuscaloosa September 9th. Without that, this, this isn't happening. Obviously. Um, but when you look at what Texas had to do, you know, the goal, the, the third down stop by Tavondre Sweat at Houston, uh, you know, the goal line stand against K State, the third and 12 pass against TCU. But then Alabama converting fourth and goal from the 31 against Auburn. That had to happen. And, you know, as it turns out, Alabama needed to beat Georgia to lock Texas in because the committee was going to stand by its guns and honor that head-to-head win. That's why Saturday night I was here and Texas is in. The question is, is it Alabama or Florida State? And when... Florida State wasn't at number three. I was like, they're not in because the committee would not have them behind Texas after having Florida State at four. If they did that, they'd have been talking out of both sides of their rear end. So I was like, wow, okay. They they had the stones. <laughs> Stones, but no heart. That committee has zero heart. Hey, someone zero. was gonna. Someone was getting screwed. You're right. 
Somebody was getting screwed, but the two-time defending national champion only had one loss. That's the, that, that they did the right thing there. That was previous years don't mean shit. All those dudes play for the Eagles. Stetson Bennett's gone. I I can't stand previous year stuff because the only reason why they've been ranked number one is because of the last two years and they haven't really played nobody like Mizzou. Okay, whatever. You know, Ole Miss. Okay, whatever. But losing that, I don't SEC think Florida State would beat Mizzou or Ole Miss right now. No, not right now. No, hell no. I ain't no way Brock Glenn and hey, Texas needed Jordan Travis to get injured against Northern Alabama. Yeah, Texas needed Texas you know, needed I'm, some Hail Marys. Yeah, and they got them. But, but like again, we know college football is about that paper. We know that all of this stuff is about that paper. You think that we're trying to watch Florida State versus Michigan? Did you see the awe in that room for Michigan when it was announced that Alabama was their opponent? Yo, that Wolverine squad, that was a scurred reaction ship. Everybody said, oh. And then they tried to clap it off. (laughs) They tried to clap it off at the end. But they wanted to see weak-ass Florida State. We wanted Brock Glenn. Yeah, come on, man. We want to take Rodemaker. Yeah, Brodemaker, he definitely would have been available. But still, nobody trying to see that. That's basically playing Iowa again, that we don't deserve to see that. Alabama, that's a game. Jalen Milrow, that dude, how confident he is, that's a game. So Michigan, hey, this is what y'all get. I'd rather have for this first game Washington than Alabama or Michigan. I, I think wouldn't. it played out perfect for Texas. I think Texas would beat Michigan. Oh, just because and, I, and I think Texas, I think Texas will beat Alabama again. Because I mean, the one matchup that is like Texas needs every bit of this month to get their freaking pass defense right. Michael Penix Jr. is a savage. This dude single-handedly, well, him and Roma Dunze and Jalen Polk. And uh, the other dude who torched Oregon, number 11, um, McMillan. They were a one-man – well, and the running back actually came through for him, um, yeah, T. Johnson. Johnson. But Michael Penix, he don't care if you take away the run game. He'll beat you with his arm, and that's another dude that was left for dead. I mean, when Kalen DeBoer got the job and brought – Michael Penixon, Washington fans are like, what the hell? This is some broken down dude from Indiana. Now look at him. Leads the nation in passing. Uh, Roma Dunze leads the nation in receiving yards. I mean, this is a, Roma Dunze is the truth. Like, and I think A.D. Mitchell's right there, but there's a special bond between Roma Dunze and Michael Penix and Jalen Polk. I mean, it's going to be a great game. Sark knows exactly what's coming. They played and prepped for this team a year ago. And Sark tried to be a pass first offense in that game and got beat by a pass first offense. Texas needs to run the ball. They got to eat clock. They got to, they got to, 
play the way they've been playing. They got to get after it because Washington has to, they have to bring pressure. They have to bring an extra man to get pressure. And Quinn Ewers needs to make them pay. I could see this game being a 38, 41, 38. Shootout, huh? Shootout. That's not great, but I could see it. I could see it because Michael Penix. Now he holds the ball. I mean, Texas has got to get there because they run a lot of vertical routes. And the pass rush can win this game for Texas. Pass rush can win the game for Texas. All right. We'll 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 come back to that because we got a lot of uh lot of stuff to get to, but um Brett Yormark. So I'm on the field before the game and I see Yormark coming down the end zone line. So I start videoing it. And then there were Texas fans right there. They were booing him before the game. It was hilarious. And then after, oh, even Sark was like, because there were Texas players booing him too. And Sark was like, because he's standing right next to him. That was funny. Hey, man, you want to talk the talk? You want to you wanna be a gangster? This is what it's like to be a gangster, Brett. Yeah, bro. You dug your own grave and brought your own shovel with you. So what do you want from us? Like. He tried to take it, you know, his lip was quivering a little bit and he stuttered a couple of times, but he tried to take it. And I think his daughters were flicking off the crowd and stuff since he was getting booed. But look, I appreciate it, man. You know, we were playing his quotes with the ether sound, the ether uh, beat from Nas when he was dissing Jay-Z in the background because that dude, he wanted to talk crazy. He wanted Oklahoma State to win. He didn't look too happy handing that trophy to Steve Sarkeesian. And thankfully, Steve Sarkeesian is a class act, so he helped Brett Yormark out. But, hey, Brett, appreciate you, man. Last Big 12 title before we move on to the SEC. Got to love it. Yeah. I mean, I got to – I mean, it ended just the way you wanted it. You, It ended just the way you wanted it. Texas – Lived up to the, lived up to the hype. They were preseason number one in the Big Twelve. They they did it, and they get rewarded. And this this team now has done something that hadn't been done the last fifteen years. And this was the group. And I kept saying, don't be just content to win the Big 12 championship because this is a team that can win it all. And you need them in the playoff because you don't get a collection of talent like this. And their holes, I mean, they got to get that pass defense figured out. There's no doubt. They get 15 practices to get that right. That's training camp. So, I mean, spring football. That's spring football. 15 practices. So, do what you got to do. Yeah. And you know what? It's also difficult with Michael Penix being a southpaw. Like, is there anybody that could throw left-handed on this scout team, you know, that could 
pretend to be him. You might have to fly somebody out or pay somebody off the street. But, yeah, that's going to be difficult scouting for this Washington passing game. And, look, the secondary, they do have their flaws and stuff, and obviously this will be the best passing offense that they have. But as far as team that hasn't been here before, that's why I would choose Washington over the other teams because Nick Saban, he's been here before. Like he's that team, the way that they're clicking right now, that just coaching matters during this time of the year. And I feel like DeBoer is the worst coach in this group of four, like with hardball, Saban, Sark, then DeBoer. So if they could just not think about what you're saying, I'm saying a lot. There's a lot of good coaches here, but 13 and 0 coach. He's the worst. Uh, that, I mean, it's, yeah, it sounds like an oxymoron, but I'm just saying this team, they haven't been here before either. Neither has Texas in a long time, but Sarps has been here with assistants and stuff like with Saban. So there's some familiarity with that, that Washington might not experience yet, especially the defense. They haven't, they haven't seen a defense like this in the Pac-12 even with the flaws that the Horns have in the secondary. So they got to play them too. And yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm going to go back and watch the Alamo Bowl game. I forgot a lot in that game. Really the only thing I remember is Xavier Worthy dropping the ball. That's it. I remember Quinn having a decent game, but as far as just detail stuff, I got to go back and watch it and check it out. But Ace Whitehead from the baseball team is a lefty. Maybe they can get Ace Whitehead in as a scout teamer. I mean, maybe, maybe, you know. Call him Mike Vick. Does Sark know Mike Vick? Because yeah. when Sark was in Atlanta, did he meet Mike Vick or something like that? I'm sure that he could pretend to be Michael Penix. I don't know. I'm just talking shit here. But, yeah, man, I mm, – see, now you're scaring me. <laughs> now you're scaring me, man, because I just keep thinking about Terrence Brooks. That was the first thing I noticed when the team celebrated yesterday. I was like, uh-oh, who is that? Who's that not celebrating? And I go, shit, it's Terrence Brooks. Why? Is he just focused? Is he just like thinking about, okay, I got to lock in now? Or is that fear? Because that I feel like just natural. I celebrated. And I'm not even a part of the squad. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be as positive as I can. I know Texas fans are like, Zay, you're overthinking it, bro. You're overthinking it. You know, he's just locked in, blah, blah, blah. But you just talked about Roma Dunze. Like, that dude's going to win Belitnikoff this year if Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't win it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't – Marvin Harrison Jr., I want to say, missed games. So, that's a tough matchup. Hopefully, Ryan Watts could get healthy. I hear you, Jake. Like, Ryan Watts, I thought he was going to play on Saturday, and he was in street clothes. So, this month is going to be huge on both sides for Xavier Wordy and Ryan Watts to get healthy. And if they do, again, I like the Horns' chances. And the thing about Jalen Catalan is he's better against running teams than he is against passing teams. That's why he's not been getting playing time. I mean, it's uh, this game doesn't really fit him either. So, I don't know. You, you just got to get, you got to get people right. I mean, you got to get, you got to make sure Derek Williams is on the field. And I've been kind of talking like, why, why aren't they getting Austin Jordan reps at safety? Cause I know you wanted to make sure you had nickel 
all figured out and and he's going to compete with Jalen Gilbo to replace Jody Barron next year at nickel, but he can play safety and he's a dog. So get him on the field. But I guess that was too much for Blake Gideon to, to do during this season is, you know, get another guy into that rotation, but it's going to be fun. I mean, really the pass rush is going to have to win this game. I mean, because they'll roll Penix. I mean, they'll move him. He's not just the pocket. He he will he'll roll left. He'll roll right. Um, but yeah, you need you need to you need to press these guys. You play zone, you're gonna get you're gonna get waxed. You're gonna get waxed. So Malik Muhammad. Come on down. I like his game. I like his attitude. I like his confidence. And Ryan Watts. Let me roll with those two and see how it goes. And if I got to roll some more dudes in, we'll roll them in. But let me start there. And Derek Williams, come on down. Because you saw a couple of Jaron Thompson hits in that game? Yeah, man. The dude was laying wood. He blew up somebody. I want to say he had two nasty hits, but one I was like, I need to go back and watch that. Go back and watch that, because there was a lot of sachet Olay from twenty eight too. <laughs> a lot of second, uh, the second drive for Oklahoma State in the second half. One of the first passes thrown, Jaron Thompson blows somebody up. Okay, yeah. All right, second possession, second half. Yeah. Yeah, second half. He blows somebody All up. Right, let me write that's that when, down. That's when um, they, it was third and 10 for Oklahoma State, and Mo Blackwell jumped in front of the Ollie Gordon screen and deflected it to force a punt. Then the horns came back down, and that's when Keelan Robinson had that second touchdown. But, um, yeah, man. that's okay. Shout out to Mike Gundy, man. Shout out to that dude. Talking the first thing he said in the presser. Yeah, I didn't know they were that good. <laughs> yeah. Gundy's like, I just told my team. They can yeah. play with anyone in the country. Anyone in the country. Like, yeah. I didn't know that. They were better on field than what we saw on film. We're like, I mean, coach, you were watching the wrong film, man. He was doling out so many compliments to Texas in his post game. He he said. I don't want to repeat myself here. Yeah. They played well. He got a little tired of it after a while. So, but I mean, how much respect did Oklahoma State show Texas's run defense? I mean, they came out trying to throw, just trying to get something going. And, and they, you know, they had, they kind of made themselves one dimensional at first. And then they tried, they ran Ollie Gordon 13 times for 34 yards and he was getting frustrated. Oh, he was so pissed. He wanted to fight every time he got hit because the horns, they did a good job with that Max Crosby type shit where after the play was over, after the whistle was over, 
this is that smart, just dirty stuff that you won't get called for it, but it could escalate through the game. And if the wrong guy gets pissed off, you could understand why. When you hit someone, Chip, and you got them on the ground and you use them to brace yourself to get up. <laughs> like they like they push Ollie Gordon down. They're on top of him. And for them to get up, they use Ollie and push themselves up. I don't know how many times I saw that on Saturday. And just like sticking Ollie Gordon up where the ref blows the whistle, and then you're still driving them and you kind of push them. And Ollie Gordon was getting in guys' faces and stuff to where low key mentally he wasn't in that game. Again, you saw how him throw that temper tantrum on the sideline and shit. Like that's what the horns do. They get you frustrated. They get you salty. Like Taj Brooks, he seemed frustrated last week too. He didn't do no Ollie Gordon type, you know, just prima donna shit but he was frustrated you know like that's what it has to be dylan johnson he's had a good season everybody talks about this passing game for you dub which they should but the running back for washington he's a hell of a player out of mississippi so this offense again one of the best in the nation but you've seen good offenses this year and yeah you're right chip they need all 15 practices man to get right before this game but Washington, they got to prep for Texas, too. That's all I got to say. Hey, shout out to uh, my SMU Mustangs, baby, going into Tulane, winning the American, and then getting shut out of the uh, college football or the New Year's Six. Yeah, Liberty? What are Liberty. we doing? Come on, man. Don't we want the best team? I mean, I know SMU lost to Oklahoma and – TCU. Um, but at least they were playing power fives. They beat everyone else. And they went into Tulane and handled business. But I'm uh, you know, little yo, look, look, look what heavy six seven six oh two said say every time i would get off a guy i would put my hand at the bottom of his sternum and push up the rest would tell you though easy up push up off the ground oh yeah <laughs> that's an og move right there i'm telling you i saw a lot of that with ollie gordon and they were talking shit out the game byron murphy he had an instagram post for ollie gordon yo that's what you get man i like hey, man. that welcome to the bigs that's what I'm saying. I like that stuff. People said, oh, just leave it on the field. No. If you want, if you can talk that shit and back it up, go ahead then. Go ahead. That's Larry Bird, one of my favorites of all time. He used to talk that shit and hey, backed man. it up too. Three-time MVP, back to back to back. Come on, man. It's a part of sports. It's why we love sports. That's why it's fun. Like, tell, show me you're better. Okay, if you're going to talk that talk, then show me. Show me that you're better. That's what those guys kept saying. 11 a.m. Byron Murphy, all those guys. All right, we'll see. 11 a.m. You know, Mike Gundy doesn't think that we're that tough. All right, 11 a.m. And sure enough, those guys came to play. And, yeah, as beat up as they are, this team has so much confidence, man. I'm so proud of these guys. Like, so proud of Sark, that ovation that he got at the women's game yesterday. Which shout out to Vic Schaefer and them beating UConn yeah. for the first time ever in women's basketball history. Rory Harmon, yo, oof, 27 and 13. That was 
a master class in its own. But yeah, start getting that love, that standing ovation at the Moody Center. Very deserved, man. Very deserved. Yeah. And they also showed why their coach should have been Big 12 Coach of the Year, too, because that was a huge host job. Like the team yeah. only lost one game in the conference. Everybody else lost two. Why the hell? Just okay, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. We'll take the Big 12 championship. Yeah. Listen, this uh this team and it and it was funny talking to Quinn Ewers yesterday. He was like, Man, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. And Sark said it too. He's like, yeah, I got up. I went out to the couch. You know, L'Oreal came out. You okay? Yeah, just can't sleep. And they were both, you know, grinding, trying to figure out if they'd done enough and couldn't couldn't uh, stop thinking about what the selection committee was thinking. And I don't blame them because I don't think any of us knew what that committee was thinking for the last five weeks. Yeah. But that was a, I mean, I was in the team meeting room. We were all waiting to talk to uh, Sark and um, a couple players. And when the announcement went off, you could hear the yells through several walls in that building. I mean, they were across the way. And it was... And so, you know, they're they're creating history together. And this is going to be, you know, this is going to be a hell of a hell of a matchup. I really think the team that wins this game probably wins the national championship. Because um, I, Alabama, Jalen Milrow is a dog. You got to watch out. It would not shock me at all if Jalen Milrow gets it done against Michigan. Because, you know. Jalen Milrow will take over the game if he has to. He'll just start running. He'll just he'll do what he has to do to lead his team to victory. He wasn't at that stage yet against Texas. Just wasn't. Now he is. Now he's not going to let his team lose. So, I mean, good God. Fourth, fourth and goal from the 31. You pull that off. You don't think there's anything you can't pull off. So, What'd you think of that Alabama Georgia game? Oh, uh, hard fought game. Alabama. That's why they scare me, man. Just it's so hard to beat a team two times in one year. And that guy on the other side just he scares me, man. Yeah, but Sark <laughs> knows. Sark knows his tendencies. That's true, but Sark knows that guy. That's I feel true, but just just like human nature to kind of just let up. Yeah, but at that point, you're playing for the national team. championship. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But it's not um, like it's not like you got to get up for another game. That's it. Yeah, you're right. But and you I got A.D. Know, Mitchell. Uh, All yeah. he does is kill Alabama. <laughs> he killed him for the national championship three years ago. With that 40-yard catch, I mean, just went up and mossed a dude. So, I feel good about Texas. I've, I've, I was hoping it would be Texas-Michigan because I think, I think Texas handles Michigan no problem because Texas is so complete. I mean, outside of the pass defense, they're so complete from a 
We can run it. We can throw it. We, we, we will stop your running game, Blake Corum. We will out special teams you. And, you know, you wanted Texas going up against a team that absolutely counts on its running game, Michigan. And Alabama to, you know, to a large degree. Washington, it doesn't matter if you stop their running game. Now, it helped them. It helped them in that Oregon win. Let me let me see what uh, Johnson had. Yeah, like what? 152? 162? I mean, he came up way bigger than I thought. Yeah, yeah, 152, two touchdowns. He's a thousand-yard rusher. He's been good all year, quietly good. Just the passing game gets so much attention that, like, you know, he's an afterthought. So he definitely can hurt you. But, yeah, I mean – I think Texas matches up good with anybody overall, just with how deep they are. And now that you got some of the guys that you had question marks on coming in to these last few games with Jonathan Brooks getting injured, like that's settled with me. Like CJ Baxter, full faith in him. Jaden Blue, full faith in him. Keelan Robinson, full faith in those guys to get it done to where I, it makes Quinn Ewer's life a lot easier. Like Oklahoma State, they didn't know what to do. And it's not like, even though they give up a whole bunch of yards, you know, on explosive plays, they have some good stats that you look at compared to the rest of the nation that shows that they're a solid defense. And they made those guys look like rump rose on Saturday. <laughs> like they have, they have people straight up questioning how weak the Big 12 is with how good Texas played. The Big 12, yes, it's weaker than some of the other conferences. I agree, but it ain't that weak. Like, Iowa State, they'll play the hell out of you. Kansas State with Will Howard, I know he's transferring now. They'll play the hell out of you. Oklahoma, they ain't no punks either, which Dylan Gabriel, hmm, interesting, but that's a different story that we can talk about a little bit later. So, yeah. Big 12, weaker this year, but it ain't that weak. And the way they made Oklahoma State look, I get why people are questioning that. But this Texas team, they're just clicking on all cylinders right now, which it kind of scares me that, like, if the national – or if the college football playoff were next week, obviously you need Xavier Worthy and Ryan Watts healthy. But if those guys were healthy going into next week – I would like that more just because of the momentum that the horns are on right now. I don't want to like, you know, knock that off by any means. Like this month, it's going to be good for everybody to get healthy, but kind of like in baseball, when you're just rolling, you want to play as many games and consecutive days as possible because you're just still feeling it. I hope Texas doesn't get a little just complacent due to this long month that they have off right now, which Sark, him being here before with, you know, Southern Cal, with Pete Carroll and Nick Saban winning national championships and stuff. I think he understands how he has to coach these guys and get them prepared so they can stay hungry. He talked about it in the last presser, how you can't over-prepare because guys could maybe get, you know, tired out. That won't be a thing, but just the momentum that they have right now and the confidence, I really wish that it could be in a week or so so they could keep riding that momentum, even though that's obviously not the case. Well, they are 4-0 on their revenge tour, and you're getting a chance to avenge all five losses from last year. 
You've already avenged Alabama, TCU, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State. And now you get a chance to avenge the loss to Washington in the Alamo Bowl. It is crazy how things are working out for Texas. And, you know, that it kind of bums me out that Texas is a four and a half point favorite. It'd be nice if they were the underdog in this game. But um, bottom line is those players know. Those players know they lost. They walked off the field. Michael Penix raised the trophy. And so the revenge tour continues, Zay. Yep. And you got Pete Kwiatkowski, defensive coordinator, who came to Texas from Washington, he should be totally locked in and on point. Of course, now the co-defensive coordinator, Jeff Choate, is going to be heading off to Nevada to become the head coach. Who had Jeff Choate in the pool as the first assistant to get a head coaching job? Yo, he took that thing quick. He took that thing quick. Like, damn. Like, congrats to him, though. Yeah. That's a job that you can, you can, you know, look at uh, Jay Norvell. He won there, went to Colorado State. You can win there and move up and move on. But um, that's that's home for him. He's a PW guy, Pacific or Pacific Northwest. Sorry, um, he's a guy who was at Montana and they canceled their season because of COVID. And he's like, I'm out of here. And Texas was lucky to get him Cause he was, he was taking Montana to the FCS playoffs and he's a good coach. He developed Jalen Ford. He kind of expedited Anthony Hill this year, Mo Blackwell. So Sark's going to have to finally have to replace so that means he's not coaching in the bowl game because obviously he has to start recruiting and all that shit. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Um, it it'll be interesting to see. I'll try to find out. Um, yeah, my initial reaction was he'd probably move on, but um, since it's a college football playoff game, maybe, maybe. Um, Hey, everybody. You know who's going to deliver for you as well? Apple Leasing. Apple Leasing. Get into the car. You really want to be driving um, and do it in a way where you're not paying for the future trade-in value of the car. You're only paying for the car while you're driving it. That and the fact that you're picking any maker model, those are the two magic factors about Apple Leasing. You're picking any maker model of car and you're not paying for that future trade-in value. So you're getting into a better car than you thought you could afford, and it's brand new, and you're picking everything. So Apple Leasing, it's an Austin original. Don't lease from a dealership because they're not going to let you out of that contract. If you want to change make and model of car, whereas at Apple Leasing, you want to change make and model car two years into the lease, no problem. Everything's easy at Apple Leasing. That's what it's all about. So give them a call. How about starting off the new year in the car you really want to be driving? 
Hell, Apple leasing will put a big red bow on it. If you're giving it for Christmas, three, four, six, nine, nine, seven, seven. AppleLeasing.com. Tell them Chip Brown sent you. Um, oh, and Monday night, all that happy hour. Salt Traders Coastal Cooking. 3.30 to close tonight. So how about you celebrate the Longhorns getting into the college football playoff for the first time by heading over to Salt Traders. Got the two locations. You got the Zilker location and in Round Rock up there at Old Settlers. But happy hour, you get $5 off everything on the beginnings menu, the New Orleans barbecue shrimp. I mean, why not go get some New Orleans barbecue shrimp? You're going to be going to New Orleans for the sugar bowl, um, the grilled oysters, the chowder fries, uh, Salt Traders Coastal cooking, and uh, AV consultations. How about our man Tom McKay? Start off the new year right, get the big screen you want, surround sound, new lighting. Electronic shades, surveillance, he'll do it all. And all you got to do is call 255-8678. From the free consultation to installation, Tom and his crew bring everything to you. You don't have to do a thing. Just tell them what you want. Um, Zay, the... The rest of college, the rest of the college football playoff, um, the Michigan Iowa game, that was hard to watch. Yeah, Saturday night was brutal. That's why you want Texas playing Michigan. You can you can screw Michigan up. You can get them out of rhythm. You take their running game away. I was really. Hoping for that matchup because I Texas probably would have been an underdog and Texas would have won. Um, I still think they can absolutely beat Washington, but this game is the toughest matchup of the group for for the Longhorns unless they get their pass defense right. If they do, it's all good. Got 15 practices. They're going to get some time off. Get this week off. Coaches are out recruiting. Portals open. Um, you know, there's craziness going on over at AM with Walter Nolan, their five-star defensive lineman getting in the portal. Mm. Now that Elijah Robinson's going to Syracuse. Was that a I mean, Elko wanted him to stay. He's of course not, he did. He's not getting them. Yeah. Evan Stewart's talking crazy on social media. Just don't, don't talk. What do you mean? Well, okay. He's actually, what he said about not getting any money, that was smart. Yeah. Because by saying that, he's sending smoke signals to every other school like, hey, bank's open. Yeah. I'm broke. How much you want to, how much you want to deposit? Yeah, do you not y'all not see I'm broke out here? Like there's only a much free lanes chicken as you could eat, Evan, which I'm sure is all they giving you up there. Like, come on, bro. 
You know, Adonai Mitchell going to be gone. Xavier Worthy going to be gone. We got guys coming in. Come on down to the 40 acres and get some real money, get some real looks to where you're going to have a lot of good tape for these NFL scouts to see and maybe get close to winning a national championship in the process, bro. Because, hey, what's going on in Aggieland? It don't seem like that's anytime soon. We're trying to get to a national championship. So, yeah, make that decision, which is why somebody on the code of text line hit us up, 512-222-9328. They asked you, Chip, about Evan Stewart. Is he in the transfer portal? And if he will get in the transfer portal, where he going? Yeah, I mean, he is a John Tay Cook clone. And here's the thing. I, I I loved Evan Stewart coming out of high school, but if you look at his, you know, his numbers at AM, it's not it's nothing special. Now, you put him in Sark's offense, maybe he becomes special. I just I, I gotta think there are receivers who are watching what A.D. Mitchell did this year. What did I say when the season started? A.D. wanted a place where he could catch 50 balls and 10 touchdowns. Guess what he's got right now? 50 I mean, balls and 10 touchdowns. He Man. go. But that's what he wanted. <laughs> that's what he wanted. Yeah. I was told point blank by a source as close to him as you can get. He wants to go somewhere where he can catch 50 balls and 10 touchdowns. And then he gone. And he was able to do it. So if you got another, you know, receiver out there who's on that level, because to Juice me, Wells, my man from South Carolina, Juice Wells, that's a bad dude right how there. How tall man. is he? Because oh, they need a big receiver. He's six one. Okay. I mean, they need they need someone to replace uh, Jordan Whittington too. Hopefully that's DeAndre Moore, but um, I like Evan Stewart. I just don't know how much I like him yet. Like, I, I don't feel like I've seen anywhere close to what he should be doing. And I get it. A&M changing the offense, changing quarterbacks, quarterbacks getting hurt. It's hard to build chemistry and cohesion when you're playing with a different quarterback every three games. But yeah, I'm not, I, I'm, let me put it this way. I'm plenty excited about John Tay Cook. So if Evan Stewart wants to come play the slot, grind, and be the guy who's kind of springboarding John Tay Cook and whoever the big, big receiver is going to be, Casey Kane, Isaiah Nair, or come on down. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we know Ryan Wigo's coming in from St. Louis. Yeah, Which, I mean, maybe, way, he's, maybe he's special. Maybe he's special. I feel like he can be. DeAndre Moore, Ryan Niblick. There's a lot of guys. Yeah, Ryan that, Niblick can play. Like, yeah. He's going to be the new – he's going to be the new – Keelan, in a way, not a running back, but a guy who can help you on special teams, got electric speed, good hands. Like, man, it was tough to be a backup receiver on this team this year. Oh, yeah. 
Yo, Casey Kane went from like a starter in 2022 to zero clock. Like, not nothing. We saw Jonte Cook before we've seen Casey Kane this year. All we've seen Casey Kane is through garbage time. And guess who was a 100 yard receiver in the Alamo Bowl last year? It was Casey Kane, wasn't it? Four catches (laughs) for 108 yards. I'll be damned. So, So, yeah. Well, there's a little little trivia for your next tailgate right there. Right. Um, Xavier Worthy had seven catches for 84 yards. Jay Witt, five for 44. And Keelan Robinson, six for 40 in that Alamo Bowl game. Of course, Jonathan Brooks had the the 32-yard catch and run touchdown on the on the screen. Um, 34-yard catch and run touchdown. Yeah, the then he got right. hurt and then they come back in, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was strange because they really did not try to establish the run in that game. And of course, Jonathan Brooks, total stud. I mean, he had surgery the next Monday to uh to repair hernia. And and so you know, Sark was like, um, you know, we didn't want to, we knew he needed surgery, but he played. I mean, he, he scored a rushing touchdown too. It was, it was strange. It was like, well, if you're playing him, then use yeah. him. But they only ran it. They only ran it 18 times against Washington. Hmm. 18 for 51, 2.8 a carry. Like that cannot happen. Yeah. And I don't think it will. No, it shouldn't. And shout out to this offensive line. Like you talk about all the screen passes where they had to get up the field and make blocks. Well, they were doing that against Oklahoma State. And I know Washington's going to come in with that game plan. Well, you're going to have to move guys because, as you said, like this can't be a bad running game. Like, you got to waste some clock because that offense for Washington, this defense for Texas, they got to be as juiced up and as fresh on every possession that they can be. And if you could have some of those 95-yard drives or 80-some-yard drives like you did against Oklahoma State, now they were pretty quick because Oklahoma State, they just give up so many explosive plays. So they were a lot like under four minutes, but still like just having long drives where you're not punting all the time, not going three and out that allows this defense to be fresh. That's going to benefit this Longhorn team. And Jaden Blue, Keaton Robinson, and C.J. Baxter, again, you should have all the confidence in the world in those guys to get it done because they are proven. Like in the passing game, Run run protection like Quinn Ewers. He got sacked one time that I saw on Saturday. But other than that, the dude, he was able to stay up and make plays down the field. And it was a little scary watching Quinn get hurt and get the wind knocked out of him right before the fourth quarter. Didn't like that one bit. But the dude, he got back out there and he said he was fine. And he kind of got the crowd up going into the fourth quarter, which excited everybody to know that he was good to go. And. Hey, again, 
If you're able to keep Quinn up with the confidence that this team has right now with all the weapons, with JT Sanders and Jordan Whittington getting in the mix more and more to go along with Adonai Mitchell and Xavier Worthy, it's just pick your poison at this point. And Sark's play calling has been as good as it's ever been here at Texas these last five weeks. So, yeah, I'm confident in this Horns team against anybody right now, which is why the committee – put them in because they know that, oh, this Texas team, it's different than what we saw against U of H and even Kansas State with Malik Murphy starting and then TCU. Like, this team is completely different. This is what we thought we were going to see after the Alabama game for the whole year. Like, that that's what we saw on Saturday these last few weeks. This is exactly what we thought we were going to see, the complimentary football, offense, defense, special teams, everybody playing on point, red zone, all that bullshit, not even the factor, fourth down, not even the factor. Like, this is what we thought we were going to see. We're finally seeing it, and this team is being rewarded for their good play right now. Well, think about the full circle nature of that game. You go back to – the loss in Stillwater a year ago. Probably the worst game Quinn Ewers has ever played as a Longhorn. It was another double-digit lead given up by Texas and Sark, which that happened six times in the first two years. And it was alarming because no one else was getting up double digits and then losing games like that. But a year later, Texas has won seven straight true road games. And they're not giving up double-digit leads. I mean, they tried to against uh, TCU and K-State. But um, <laughs> they, tried. they tried. But they didn't. So, full circle, man. Full circle. For Sark, for this team. And now they get another chance to avenge a loss from 2022. You get a chance to avenge all five. Yeah. Come on, pass defense. Get it together. Yeah, this is where Blake Gideon and Terry Joseph, Terry Joseph. make their money. Yeah. This is where they make You want to keep your job? I know Damn. Terry Joseph. Wow. Terry Joseph. Terry Joseph will keep his job. Hold up. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. You're telling me a team that won the Big 12 and got to a college football playoff, you think somebody on this staff could get fired still? No, I'm just saying, earn your – do your job. You tell your players to do your job. (laughs) This safety position has been a disaster. It hasn't been that bad. It was a disaster against Houston, against TCU and K-State. Almost cost them a Big 12 title and chance to win a national championship. Now, they were better against Oak State. They were targeting the perimeter more than they were safeties but I'm just saying. Even, i had to remind you jaron thompson was out here laying dudes out and stuff like i gotta go back and find <laughs> that play because most of the plays i saw there wasn't much hitting going on oh, man. he's their best coverage guy he's actually their worst tackling safety according to pro football focus like 
and it's not even close. So that's what's so we talked about this last week that Texas's safeties, they're kind of confounding because Jaron Thompson's good in coverage. Derek Williams, great at tackling, really good against the run. Michael Taft's okay at everything. He's not physical. He tries to be, but he's not. He's he's built like me. I mean, he's he had a huge hit on Ollie Gordon. Yeah, no, I love Taft. Listen, I'm, I'm not hating. I'm not hating. I'm just saying he's trying to be physical because he's not built very thick. He's not. <laughs> but you're disrespecting. Like I, I'm, I'm a Bowie alum, so anytime you can rag on a Westleg dude, I'm gonna let you rag on him. But I gotta give Mookie some love. Here. No, 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 no. You're disrespecting him. Saying. He has the same built as you. Damn. He's yeah, but he's he's wiry. I mean, he's thin. You're he's a not... tennis player, my friend. <laughs> I know. But he ain't Derek Williams. Derek Williams looks like he'd knock you out. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, where's B.J. Allen? Where's Larry Turner Gooden? I mean, oh damn, they got they got to have something. Yeah, but man. that's hey. what I'm saying, Jalen Catalan. I know he's not the best in coverage, but getting him back, like, man, I feel like he might have lost his confidence too. Maybe with the injury, you know, that could happen to guys like guys get hurt and they start playing different because they're thinking about the injury instead of thinking about ball. And I get it. We're human. Like everybody's pain tolerance is different. Not everybody could be Kobe Bryant and have broken fingers and just pop it back into place and then go out there and put up 50. But well, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm my forte is saying, Hey, look how I'm not saying Taff isn't throwing his body around. He is. He's he's more physical than Jaron Thompson when it comes to trying to get guys down. I'm I'm not saying that. He's trying and he's he's throwing his body around. Same Yo, with same with Worthy. Like Worthy's a pencil and he's trying to be aggressive and physical and no, he doing it. He ain't trying. He right, ran but those over guys on Saturday. All yeah, those are the guys you worry about getting hurt because they're just not <laughs> thick. Like Worthy is kind of made of polyurethane. Like every time you think he's hurt, he's okay. I mean, even Sark, like that, when the way his left leg planted in the turf, I thought it was something awful. When Worthy went out on that sideline hit, yeah, I was like, oh, God, this is terrible. And then he reached for his ankle. I'm like, oh, oh, thank goodness. You know, like, or I don't know, could have been Achilles, whatever. Then he goes off and Sark's like, x-ray is negative. Should be fine. So Xavier's playing great. I love his intensity. He's playing a contract year. Good for him. He's making money. Yeah. A.D. Mitchell, contract year, making money. Tavondre Sweat, contract year, making money. Byron Murphy. Same thing. Those guys are all going to get paid. I love how uh, freaking Gundy was like, I understand they're going to have 11 players drafted. <laughs> oh, he said that? I'm like, hey, they, they're not Alabama or Georgia yet. It's coming. But, you know. Hey, you can turn a lot of heads these next two games, man. For guys I mean, look that at are- Quinn. Yeah, that's, that's everyone's like, oh, one. he's coming back. He's coming back. I'm like, uh, that decision. That's why I keep asking him. 
If you notice, and he keeps saying, no decision yet, trying to win a national championship. And I respect the hell out of Quinn because he, this championship meant everything to him. Like he, he wanted to be the quarterback when Texas won the Big 12 for the first time 15 years. He doesn't talk, you know, he's a man of few words. This meant everything to him. And I'm happy for him because he did stuff like lose weight so he could help by running, even though he knew Sark, you know, that was just like his own thing. He didn't say, hey, I'm going to go lose weight so I can help run. He just said, look, Sark doesn't want me to run, but I know I can help this team by running, extending some plays, extending some drives. And he did. He has. He ha- Hell, he had to run for a first down. On Saturday, yeah, on Saturday, and that's the play that he landed on the ball and got the wind knocked out of him. At first, you're like, "Uh oh, he took a pretty good hit there." Yeah. Anytime he falls, I gasp at this point. Especially, you know, some quarterbacks just don't know how to fall. They just and that shoulder. If he falls wrong on that shoulder, God forbid. But yeah, uh, Quinn, yours, man. 2022 was pretty rough. It was. He had some good moments, but he knew that he took a lot for granted last year. And that was one of the first things he did coming into this season was apologize to Longhorn Faithful. Like, hey, I understand what it means to be at this position. I know that I'm more than just the Texas quarterback, but I know how important I am to this university. And when I play this position, I don't take it for granted. And you've seen that with his play and to have his best game of his college career at the biggest moment where the horns needed the style points for the committee to say, okay, we feel comfortable putting this big 12 championship team in the CFP. That's huge, man. That's huge. And again, We don't know what he's going to do coming into 2024. Do I think personally he needs more film? Yes. But if he goes out and puts over 700 yards total in the next two games with about eight touchdowns, then, I mean, sorry, bro. (laughs) Like, see it off to the NFL. We'll see what this Malik Murphy, Arch Manning thing going to be popping with, which I would love because those stats that I just threw out, to me, that means national championship if he has those type of stats. So, hey, Quinn Ewers finally playing the best football of his career, and I know he's as confident as anybody, and he's right. If Sark's going to put him in those situations to get the job done, just like Quinn says in his pressers, hey, there's so much talent around me. All I got to do is get the ball in those guys' hands, and they make him look good. So, That's what you want. That's what we've been wanting from University of Texas. That's why we've questioned Charlie Strong and Tom Herman. Like, yo, why why isn't this happening? I see those five four-star guys on the roster, but why isn't it happening? What's going on here? And it just shows what Sark and his coaching staff have done with the development and putting their philosophy in this roster and culture. And now we're seeing the results, man. And it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and look, that interception was horrible. Yeah. I mean, horrible. And that's why he was only he only had a 67.7 rating from PFF um, because of that interception, and he wasn't – his uh, throws down the field, he didn't have as many as he normally does, but he had some big ones. I mean, the deep, deep ball to 
A.D. Mitchell was spectacular, and that was early. That was in the first half. Um, you know, the 54-yard catch and run. That was such a beautiful throw. From where I was sitting in the press box, I could see the defender had his back turned. Quinn put that ball right over the defender's shoulder where Worthy could catch it and then start, you know, working his way down the field. And that's an NFL throw. You know, when you you see the defender's back to you, you know, they tell you in the NFL, that means throw it like there's no one there mm-hmm. because he he's not going to see the ball coming. So, um, you know, Quinn got that ball out fast and um, and right on the money. So it was good stuff, man. It was – and JT Sanders – Back home, Denton Ryan, kid, front of friends and family, Anthony Hill, leading tackler, Denton Ryan, Austin Jordan, unfortunately, watching from the sideline, Denton Ryan. They all won a state championship in that building together. So they got to come home, do it. Jalen Ford got to come home. Quinn got to do it right there. Malik Muhammad, what's going on, man? Yeah. Yeah, so – I mean, what a what a moment in time for this program when you think about all the chaos that's happened since really since 2013. I know they hadn't won a Big 12 title since 09. Well, chaos, you know, 2010. Mac kind of burned it to the ground in 2010. He was still pissed about losing the national title in 09. He's starting to resent Muschamp being a Coach in waiting, he's snarling in his assistant coaches. They go five and seven. Garrett Gilbert transfers. I mean, this place looked like it was just a mess. And it kind of was, but it really became a mess in 13. When Mac, you know, you got big money guys trying to get Saban. Mac's like, hell no. And he talks Patterson into keeping him. And then the big money guys are like, nope, that was not the deal. He's got to go. And Patterson doesn't talk to the big money guys. He just goes off and offers the job to Jim Mora and then Charlie oh, Strong. Man. Whoops. And then he gets fired 22 months in on a seven-year deal. Mm. And Mike Perrin hires Tom Herman. Mike Perrin, Houston guy. Very successful trial lawyer down there. All the big money guys in Houston having watched Herman turn around the Cougs going 22 and four in two seasons with a Peach Bowl win over Florida State. They're like, yeah, Herman's a guy. Herman, Herman was doing fine on the field. He was just egos gone wild off the field. And so then Kevin Eltife, Jay Hartzell, and Chris Del Conte meet with Steve Sarkeesian. And Sark's like, here's where I am in my life. And they were like, you know what? It's time. It's time to give this guy the keys and see what he can do. And after that five and seven season, and like you said, you were quoting Pete Carroll, you know, you got to start doing it your way, even if you're going to take some L's. And, and he, after that five and seven season did everything right in terms of recruiting Brings in Quinn Ewers in the portal and all those offensive linemen, 
Calvin Banks, that whole pancake factory class. And Cam Williams is going to be really good next year. Like the guy guy replacing Christian Jones, he's going to be good. So Calvin Banks on the left and Cam Williams on the right. Got those young guys growing up in the interior. We got to find out what Jake Majors is doing. Um, But, yeah, I mean, this is going to be – this is a team that should, you know, depending on – or even, if you know, look, give Arch the benefit of the doubt. He's a Manning. He's going to work his ass off to be the best possible player he can be. He's not going to be out at the clubs telling everyone I'm the quarterback at Texas. Which one of you wants to go home with me? It's going to be, you know, he's going to grind. And he can't do both. I mean, you know. Johnny Menzel did both. You know, he won the Hosman and he brought the girls home. And he oh, yeah, the girls are fine. Okay. Just don't be out drinking till the <laughs> – well, I say that, Johnny Manziel, Bobby Lane. Saying. There were some guys that did both. But, yeah, I'm right there with you, my partner. It's just – it's crazy. Just all the turmoil and just negativity – just the dark cloud hanging around the 40 acres for so long. And yeah, a lot of people had every right to question Sark after five and four, because that roster was still good. You know, like that roster, they still had guys that should have been better than the record, but Sark was doing things completely against what they were used to with Tom Herman. And the guys, that's why he always credits those guys that have been here for that long, you know, or here during the Herman era, those JT Sanders and Jalen Ford and John A. Barrett and Jordan Winnington, guys like that, that have bought into what Sark was preaching. Because again, we're in the era of transfer portal. Like it's so easy to dip. Like Dylan Gabriel is out of the door. Like the dude just, He's had his best football career of his life playing for Oklahoma, and he's saying, you know what? I'm gone. Like, what does that have to say about what they have going on there in Norman? And you look here at Texas, I'm with the way Malik Murphy looked in the locker room when Texas got put in for number three in the CFP, like, that looks like a guy that's coming back. Say what you want about all this Arch Manning stuff, but I feel like Malik Murphy, after Arch getting that standing ovation for going two for five against Texas Tech, it's hard for me to see Malik Murphy coming back. That's for sure. But, again, just the culture, it's infectious. Like, you want to be here. You want to be part of this. And Malik loves that locker room, and we know that locker room loves him. Yeah. But I think he's got some people in his – camp who are on the lookout let's put it that way whether whether Malik says yes or no you know look if he gets an offer that's too good to refuse it's understandable take all the guesswork out of it I mean if it looks like you're gonna be the Dylan Gabriel at OU next year or whatever or what in Florida the Auburn those were the schools that were showing interest to him before um, if, if it just looks perfect, then totally understandable. It wasn't Ohio I, state on Malik's list yeah. when he was coming out of high school. Yeah. Kyle McCord gone. Kyle McCord gone. How about gone. that? 
One loss this year. One loss. Just one loss. Can't do it no more. Can't take it. Can't. I can't be here no more. Because you got alums like Maurice Claret hitting up the Mannings on Twitter talking about, hey, can y'all convince Arch to come to Columbus? So, yeah, if I'm Kyle McCord, I'm not feeling too loved either. I get it, bro. I get it. Because what? We lost one game and y'all are blaming me? Okay. Like, what about Ryan Day getting out coached by not Jim Hardball, but the assistants? How about that? Jamar right? Moore. Yeah, Jamal Moore with his crying, cussing ass. Like, no? All right, cool. I'm going to take my talent somewhere else. So that's yeah. just where we are, man. From start to retain all the talent that he has these last three years to where you got guys like Trevondre Sweat who's going to be a top 15 pick most likely and Xavier Worthy, you know, all that rumbling about him maybe leaving the go to Southern Cal, go back to his home state with all just the trash that he got via social media after the Alamo Bowl game to keep him here and to say, hey, X, I know it was hard last year, but we're going to get you healthy. This team is going to look a lot different in 2023. And X to buy into that and come back and have a great season himself. Like, it's just infectious, man. Like, this locker room, how they play for each other, how they love each other, just, you know, the love that they give Burt Auburn. Like, this is why they're in this situation. Like, they understand the grind was tough to get here. And now that they're here, I think they get that, hey, we got a chance to do something that Texas team hasn't done since 05 and to put a national championship banner up there. Yo, come on now. That's what you they, want. They have the second best odds right now, don't they? Yeah, after Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all right. Oh, heck, it's 240. We got to get to the – we got to get to the commentary. Hey, don't forget about Great Blue Hair and Furniture. GreatBlueHairAndFurniture.com. Some of the most beautiful leather furniture you'll ever see. And don't just listen to my voice on that. Go to the website because I'm not doing it justice. This is custom leather furniture, bar stools, couches, you know, recliners, you name it. And it's built for a lifetime. It is the highest quality you're ever going to find. GreatBlueHairAndFurniture.com. You can design your own furniture. So go check it out. You'll love it. And don't forget to use the promo code HOOKEM because that it will get you an extra, that'll get you 15% off your purchase. So that's significant. And Brain Vault Mouthguard, it is the proven patented mouthguard to protect you, your kids, from concussion and it's brainvault.com developed right here in Austin by Dr. Greg Eckert. Now it's all over the NFL college. If you're the team manager for a lacrosse team, cheerleader group, um, they'll do group fittings. They'll come to you. Just go to brainvault.com uh, to set up an appointment. All right. Zay for the chip shot today, Texas fans. How'd that feel? How'd that feel? There've been some rough, rough terrain since 2009. The quarterbacks, I won't even go through them all. The coaches, 
the coordinators, the losses. Um, the wins didn't even feel quite as good, did they? No. For the last 15 years, it's been, is it this year? Is it next year? Oh, it's next year. Oh, it's next year. It's next year. And then it finally happened. And it was a team that was expected to win. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. You're getting everybody's best shot. That's why they talked about having a John Wick mentality and a revenge tour. This was all before the season. And they lived up to it. And it was a special team. It is a special team. Experienced leadership at every position group. That's why you want this team in the college football playoff. Because they're complete. They've been through the fire. They don't panic. They get it done. They find ways to win. And look, you get a chance to avenge your only, your last loss. You've avenged all four losses from last year. And now you get a chance to avenge the fifth against Washington, a team with a guy who's going to New York. Hell, Michael Penix after this past weekend might win the Heisman. He was that good in beating Oregon and Jaden Daniels had an amazing season and the numbers he's put up only Heisman trophy winners have done with 3000 yards passing 1500 yards rushing. So um, that's big time. And I look at this season and you just say kudos to Steve Sarkeesian should have been big 12 defensive coach of the year might need to be the national coach of the year, but he has built this program exactly the way he said he was going to as an SEC program before he even knew Texas was going to the SEC. Large humans, developing those large humans. I mean, Bo Davis, getting the best out of Keandre Coburn and Mora Ojimo last year, getting the best out of uh, Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy this year. Can he convince Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton, you're next? Look at the money that these dudes made. You can make that money too. We shall see. But his position got developed. Jeff Choate, kudos. I mean, Jalen Ford, Mo Blackwell, Anthony Hill, David Benda. David Benda's got a COVID year he could use for a sixth year. He could be Christian Jones if he wants to be next season. But, I mean, it's a shard choice. Great job coach up the players, um, you know, Kyle Flood, Jeff Banks, unbelievable, and Chris Jackson. Now, my man Blake Gideon, we got we to gotta, we gotta look at your performance review. We got to see what kind of bonus you're due this year. Yeah, because you're trying to get him fired earlier. No. You did. That's what you said. You said. No. Dude might be looking for another job. Those words came out of your mouth and you had to bring it back. <laughs> hey, don't be the don't be the coach of the position group that didn't develop. Don't be that guy. A team that won the Big 12 championship got to a ba, 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 ba. football playoff. Hey. And you looking at folks. Go watch the Houston game. Fired. Those safeties were getting targeted on every throw. Yeah, because they were playing the slot for some reason. TCU, 
K-State. Now, right. this past week, first of all, Terrence Brooks, you're in perfect position. Quit trying to run the guy out of bounds. Just run side by side. No. You're fine. You don't need to be bodying him and hand fighting. Yo, man, the fear on Terrence Brooks' face. Is no, that he's fear? focused. That's no, focused. That's, fear. that's focused. Okay. That's focused. Okay, but with everybody else excited. I, I, I went back and watched it. Okay. He's focused. Okay. He knows. That's, that's what I want to hear. Okay. He's training like Rocky Balboa right now. He's slurping down those raw eggs. He's running through the streets of Philly in those gray sweats because he knows that everybody is expecting Roma Dunze to do a tap dance on his forehead in the painted area of the Caesars Superdome. Mm. Everybody. Oh, you got Roma Dunze this play? Hold on to your butts. Yeah. Because Roma Dunze. He's is... nice. He's nice. He all a 6'3", 215, too. Yeah, he's... He's, he he might all be faster than Julio. Wow, Julio Jones. Oh man, wow! You coming in hot today, boy? I love it, dude. I you love, love it. you. Love Roma Dunze too. I do. I watch him. Like he has strong hands, and he's just always open. It's they're scary, and Jalen Polk, like those dudes, they're scary as hell. So yeah, Blake Gideon, um, Terry Joseph. Y'all got to be in y'all's bag this game, and oof, yeah, we need that training early because those boys from Washington they ain't playing with nobody. What? What? What do you mean, Cooter? I never agree with Chip. What do you mean, never? Like that's yeah. Come on, Cooter. Come on, man. I never agree with Chip. Why are you hating on me, Cooter? <laughs> Hey, man, if you ain't got the haters, that means you ain't doing it right, you know? I'm just trying to tell you like it is. Just trying to tell you yeah. the good, the bad, the ugly. And I get it. This is, this is y'all should still be drinking or whatever. Throwing confetti guns up in your house. Whatever you want to do to celebrate, make it a month-long celebration. You deserve it. Season ticket holders. Oh, man. You every year you've been faithfully putting down your deposit or whatever that fee is just to have the right to buy those season tickets. And then the Big 12 screws you by putting you in the rafters. That you didn't deserve that, but thank God you had that video screen the size of New York City hanging from the ceiling of ATT Stadium. That's the problem with that stadium, Zay. If you're not sitting right on the field, your eye goes to that board. Yep. You're sitting there in the arena. Oh, yeah. Watching TV. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry knew what he was doing back in the yeah. 08, wearing open. He knew exactly. That thing's high def, man. I'll give him that. All right. Let's get to the right call from the one and only Zay Collier. All right, man, for the right call, though, got to talk about Covert BK because a lot of y'all, it's almost Christmas time. Y'all ain't got much time, just a few weeks. 
lot going on. Texas in the college football playoff. Like you want to get that, you know, Christmas shopping and all that taken care of early. So why not get that new whip early and then say it's a Christmas present. So you ain't got to worry about the 25th. And that's at Covert BK, who has been helping and taking care of the Austin citizen for over a hundred years and covert BK has been committed to providing customers with a high quality selection of new and pre-owned vehicles, but the pre-owned, they definitely look new. They got seven brands to choose from Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram covert BK. You're going to find what you want or go to covertbk.com and see all the latest specials and inventory. So you can see that two doors. So you can see that SUV, that truck you know you want the sunroof they got it check that all out covertbcave.com nobody beats a covert deal not now not ever all right chip so petty story of the day this happened last week but i just saw it a couple of days ago so one of my favorite young players in the NBA is Anthony Edwards, Minnesota Timberwolves. Really tough. He was the former number one pick. Went to University of Georgia. Has a lot of D-Wade in him. 6'5", one of the most athletic players you're going to see. Solid jump shot. He's a Timberwolves best player and a big reason why they've had success this year. He finally is getting his own shoe with Adidas. Um, you know... My dad's an Adidas guy. I'm more of a Nike guy, but I will I'll wear Adidas depending on what kind of shoe and depending on the person. The pro models back in the day, those were fire. I remember Tim Duncan and T Mac, they had some good shoes back in the day. But anyway, I digress a little bit. So Anthony Edwards in a video was asked, Who would you want wearing your shoe? Weirdly enough, which Anthony Edwards, he's a great interview. Talk about somebody who's just very marketable. Anthony Edwards is that guy, very personable, likes to have fun, just a great, great entertainer guy. This dude said Kevin Durant. That's who he would select to wear his shoe or who he wants to see in his shoe, which is very odd. Obviously, he's trolling because KD has like 16 classic shoes with Nike. We know he's a big part of Nike, big reason why the horns have that collab with KD, with Nike and stuff. So it makes sense. Kevin Durant responded on Twitter to Anthony Edwards' comments by saying, won't ever, all caps, see me put a big toe in them mother effers. So we know KD, he likes to respond on Twitter. It was funny, but that's not the thing that sticks out. What sticks out is what happens after KD makes that statement. And somebody from Adidas was on their Adidas account. Whoever works for Adidas was on their Adidas Twitter account and responded to KD by saying, you dusty, about to retire soon anyway. That's from the Adidas personal Twitter account. That has been removed ever since, but you know, once it hits... On Twitter, it ain't never gone. Somebody screenshotted that thing. And yeah, so either somebody got fired or somebody got a raise for sticking up for Adidas with the Adidas Nike rivalry. But it's very petty and I appreciate it. I really do. It's, you know, like calling KD Dusty as much as I love KD. Hey, he's the one that said he wouldn't put his big toe in them mother effers. So, hey, you can get caught. 
got to KD. It might be from the Adidas Twitter. It might look unprofessional to some. To me, this is great pettiness. Whoever's in charge of Adidas' social media team, well done. Well done. Because I don't. It cracks me up, man. Yeah. You I mean, about to retire soon anyway, which is sad because KD is about to retire. I can't see him playing more than five years, but. Well, what do you oh, think of his team right now? What, the Suns? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's weird because Bradley Beal and Devin Booker, they're never healthy together. You know, like Devin Booker's missed a fair share of games earlier this season. And then Bradley Beal has missed a lot of games early this season. KD's the only one that's been consistent. And, you know, they're sitting at a fifth seed right now. Obviously, it's early. I don't know if they made the in-season tournament. That should be today, actually. Um, but Devin Booker, I like him at point guard. You know, like, you don't need the old school John Stockton, you know, Walt Clyde Frazier point guard anymore. That's You don't need that to win championships. As long as your best players can distribute the ball at a high rate, it doesn't matter. Like, your best player could be a center and could be the best passer of your team, i.e. Nikola Jokic. So as long as you can play off your best players like that and they could do more than score, then you should be fine. Like Giannis could do more than score. You know, obviously LeBron, obviously Durant, all the top players are not just scorers. So the whole you need a just old school point guard to get it done, nah, that doesn't make sense anymore. What the hell's what the hell's going on with the Spurs? What you mean? Three and 16? Yeah, they're bad. They're not good. Like, <laughs> just Wimbenyama, you know, he's solid and all, but he even still has his rookie mistakes. And after that, Johnson, he's going to be inconsistent for you. Vassell, I want to say he's coming back from an injury, so they haven't had him as much. Like, I mean, you expect this from a team that has the number one draft pick to be trash, to not be good. And when Binyama, he's going to take his rookie lumps like all of them do, but it's more about the marathon, not the sprint. Like, Pop knew that they weren't going to make the playoffs this year most likely. And, yeah, now your Pistons? Oh, wow. Uh, They've been a tough watch. They've been a tough watch, which – we don't, you know, we don't even need to go there. Because we have the Lions, baby. The Lions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they almost blew a huge lead yesterday. Oh. They almost blew that one. Like, they were up by 20-something against New Orleans and only ended up winning by five. But win's a win. Win's a win, baby. A win. Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta. I like him, man. Nine like catches for 140 yards. He finally replaced Amon Ra St. Brown as their leading receiver. Yeah. But Amon Ra got in the paint. Of course he did. That's what he does. Yeah. He's what he does. How about the Texans? Oh, we got to look at our picks. I feel like I struggled. What was the line with that Broncos game? I'm about to tell you. I feel like it was five. All right. Like maybe it was Say. three. If it was three, then damn. Three and a half. Yeah. 
Right. Denver plus three and a half. Ah! San Francisco. Yeah. You got that. Yeah. Those dudes. The, Oof. The Falcons minus two. I got that. You got that? I feel like I got they won yesterday, right? Didn't they? No, they didn't. Look Wait. at you. Yeah, I got that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's right. Yes, sir. B. John Robinson over a thousand yards from scrimmage. Let's get it. I'll take that. How'd you do yesterday? A two and one. I'll take that. I was uh I was two and one too. I okay. had I had the Seahawks covering against the Cowboys. That happened. I had the Huskies, wrong team favorite against Oregon plus nine and a half. That was big. But uh, Louisville plus two and a half. That didn't come through. Yeah. Wow. Two and one. All right. So we're back. We're back on our back on our horse. Yeah, man. Shout out to the committee again. I'll give one more shout out before we go, man. Y'all got some balls. Y'all ain't got no heart. Nobody. There has to be a couple of guys with heart on that committee. Like, yo, Florida State, they're undefeated. Let's just throw Glenn out there. Let's see what he can do against Michigan. He'll have a he'll have a month to prepare, right? He has to be better with a month to prepare. What are you, you know doing? You you got all right? soft because you got a buddy that plays on that team. <laughs> I'm like, yo, the Florida Jeremiah look like hot garbage. Jeremiah Byers, ACC. Anderson alum, Anderson Trojan, Northwest Hills. He got Lincoln. a ring. He got a ring and a trip to Charlotte. It's beautiful. <laughs> He's happy. Oh, my gosh, man. You're cold-blooded. You sound like the committee people. Cold-blooded. They got it right. They got the four best teams or the, you know, mm. four best teams, man. I'm saying that that defense for Florida State, you saw how stingy they oh, were. Oh, yeah, no, the defense for Florida State is legit. Come on, Plumber ain't Louisville's that bad. Quarterback, Louisville's quarterback looked like he was playing the Dizzy Bat game. <laughs> Plumber ain't that bad. I've seen Plumber have some decent games. But he was that game. bad Saturday night. Because the defense. You heard Booker McFarlane. Booker McFarlane said this is a disgrace with his ball head itself. He said this is a disgrace. I was like, I'm right there with you, Booger. These guys have no heart, man. Alabama, Nick Saban calling his committee. boys. Yeah. Way to go, Nick committee. Saban, Nick Saban bitching last year. Remember how he was bitching so much? He was like, yo, y'all screwed us 2022. Y'all said this to four teams. If we get in this situation again, y'all better not screw us ever again. I know people. Hey, I'm Nick Saban. They beat sure the committee's enough, number one team. They got in. Texas mercifully beat Bama. And that got them in the tournament. Because if they didn't have that win over Bama, Florida State would be in there. They'd be in there. All right. We gotta roll. We gotta bring in the the fellas. Jeff Barker. What up? Trey Elling. What up, fellas? Good to see you guys again. Hey. Likewise. Why, why was Booger the one guy speaking since yesterday? He's like the one guy who isn't in the pocket of the uh, college football playoff committee. That- he's old school. So he wants the, he saw the defense for Florida State and 
he's one of those guys where he's like, oh, I know how hard it is to put in those hours <laughs> to do what, to do all the, all the grinding that goes into the game. What are we doing? It's a disgrace. Florida State, they deserve to be in, even though their quarterback is not better than you or I, Trey. Yeah, that was look, that was the third string quarterback. Their second stringer would have been back for the semifinal game. He's not a slouch necessarily. And you know, it's it's a tough year because there were that many teams that had a legitimate gripe to make it into the college football playoff. But ultimately, we know where ESPN's expanded playoff bread is being buttered going forward. It's the SEC, the Big Ten, and then everybody else. And Florida State can be raw about this for as long as they want to, but they'd better work their asses off to get into one of those two conferences because otherwise that may just be the norm before too long. And Florida State – No, no, no. in the ACC. With 12? This was about Jordan Travis – Snapping his leg in half. That's what this was about. This was not about politics and money. This was about Jordan Travis snapping his leg in half and the two dudes coming in after him looking like they'd never practiced. The second stringer did not look like a complete joke like the third stringer did. After that safety. A lot of talent on both sides of the ball and a very salty defense too. To, To make it seem like Jordan... Like with Jordan Travis being out, Florida State is completely screwed. I think is underselling the amount of talent that's on that roster right now. Well, that defense is gangsta. But they couldn't put any points on the board. Mm. They couldn't put any points on the board. With that and how bad was Plummer? I'll tell you how right. bad Plummer was for Louisville. I don't disagree with you. They blocked that. a punt and gave the ball to Louisville at the 13, <laughs> and that buster threw a pick as bad as Quinn Ewer's pick in the Big 12 title game. I don't blame Jake Plummer from uh, refusing to acknowledge that Jack is his illegitimate son because that guy is – he looked bad in that game. I know that numbers-wise he was one of the better quarterbacks in that conference, he was fucking terrible on Saturday. Terrible. Yo, all I'm saying, give Rob Maker one month to prepare and let's see what he's like. A month's different than we would rather see Florida State in the tournament than Texas. Nah, nah, nah. nah. I ain't say that. I ain't say that. I ain't say that. It wasn't a Texas Florida State co- debate, it was a Florida State Alabama debate. And either it way, up being, it plays Alabama again. They're going to kick the ever-loving shit out of them. They will make Alabama wish for that game week two of the year in Tuscaloosa. Because on a neutral field, with Texas having a little bit more time to repair, that's going to be a three to four touchdown win for the Longhorns. Yeah, Ooh. Sark knows Saban's tendencies, man. He just does. Ooh, and to Tommy spice. Reese, he ain't Steve Sarkeesian. Ooh, y'all talking the best spice, matchup. Man. The best matchup for Texas would have been Michigan. Blake Corum trying to pound it. He wouldn't go nowhere. JJ McCarthy is hot and cold. He's streaky. Yeah, I uh, I echo the uh, the expression on Zay's face right now. I don't. Do you think the best matchup is Alabama? Sure about that one. (laughs) You think the best matchup is Alabama? Yeah. I think the worst matchup was Washington, but yeah. it's not it's not necessarily to say that I'm I'm scared of that matchup. I just know that what Washington does well is like one of the few flaws in this Longhorn football team this year. Yeah, they got they got 15 practices to get that damn pass defense figured out. Yep. All right, fellas. All right, fellas. I'll be cool. Take it away. Take it away. Bye, guys. See ya.